We are in the second installment of our series entitled Journey. And if you were with us last week, you know that we talked about uh, understanding the purpose of journey, the process. Um, we concluded that God is always teaching us something in the process of life. And one of the things that God showed us in that message is that he wanted us to take some time and to reflect. And I want to emphasize, and I think as I prepare to go into the message today, that God is always teaching. It's important that we all understand that. There are, how many of you believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord? God is always directing our steps. So we understand that as believers, there, there is no luck. Uh, we believe as believers, there's always purpose and there's always destiny, which means that God is always directing us and God is always saying something to us. So in everything that you went through, perhaps you're saying my 2018 was a bust. I want you to understand that everything you went through, that God was trying to communicate something to us, something to you. And so before the children of Israel were able to go into their land of promise, we saw then that Moses took the time to explain to them how all that stuff they went through, how that there was purpose. Everybody say purpose. There was purpose in a challenge. There was purpose in an obstacle. And I want you to understand that today because we're talking about journey. And today I want to continue in that particular uh, subject. And I want to talk about adapting to change. Understand, I want to discuss adapting to change, what it means for our lives and what it means for our church. Adapting to change. New Year's resolutions. How many of you have already made one by show of hands? Come on. Don't be chicken. Oh, I see a couple of hands back there. There's a reason why they say that over 90%, this is a large number, over 90% of New Year's resolutions are not kept. So in other words, every year, there's a ton of people that make a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions. I'm going to be better. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they say that over 90%, think about it, over 90% of those resolutions are not kept. Now, I have a belief about why that is. I believe primarily that New Year's resolutions fail because people don't like change. We want the benefit, right? We want the change, but we don't want to go through the process in order to get there. How many of you want to be blessed financially? <laughs> Maybe for you, you may have to change, and maybe you need, may need to get on a budget. You follow what I'm saying? That may be a change in order for you to be blessed. How I many know you got to change the way you do things? See, the reality of it is, everybody wants the nice, be fit and healthy, but how I many know that sometimes, oftentimes, if not all the times, there's a price. You may have to change the way you eat. You can't go to bed at night with those chocolate cupcakes. <laughs> you may have to work out. You may have to exercise some to... To, to bring that about. But the reality of it is, is most people don't like change. So as a consequence, we struggle. We stay stagnant. And we don't become everything that God wants us to be because we don't understand this process. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me back up and say this for a moment because I think this is important I lay this foundationally. 
God is a God of change. You look out throughout the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. How do you know the whole Bible is about a journey? How do you know that as a Christian, God is taking us someplace? Right now, this second, how many believe the Bible says that God is working in us to will and to do of what? His good pleasure. So what that tells me is that God has a plan for my life, and God is always shifting and changing. Now, change happens in a number of ways. Sometimes God comes and, you know, perhaps in our perspective, we think everything is going well. You know, life is going the way you want it to go, and all of a sudden you sense in your spirit that God is telling you that, 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 that you need to change something. Uh, maybe perhaps you find you've gotten yourself in a place where, you know, you're comfortable. But, but down on the inside, you know that there's, that there's more. After all, how, how does a man like Francis Chan, as we talked about him last week, how does a man who, who starts a church out of his living room with a few people and it grows into 5,000 people, church thriving, everything is going well, and all of a sudden he just senses that, you know, it's, it's, it's time to do something different, to change what God was doing there. Why would that happen? Why does a person does that? Because they understand that the nature of God is changed. And the children of Israel were, 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 were worshiping God when they were going to that destination. They were worshiping God intense. Every time you turn around, God was moving them from one place to another. You look at the prophets that God used, the people that God used. It seemed like every time they tried to get comfortable, God was always moving them. It, 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 go back to the, uh, to the book of Acts. Uh, the, the persecution came to the church in Jerusalem. And, and it seemed like whenever the church wanted to get comfortable, God always kept them moving. Because how many know that God is working in our lives? And watch this, church. He's working in our lives to fulfill a mission. Amen. God is not just working in your life because he just happens to like it. He loves you. But God has a purpose. And so as a church, we have to understand that God is always on the move. And how many know that we got to be on the move with him? I often say that the gateway to making things better in your life is being open, committed, and submitted to this idea of change. Reason why we don't like change, one of the primary reasons why we don't like change is because change involves sacrifice. Right? You want, better, you want something to be better, how many know you're going to have to make some changes? You're going to have to make some sacrifices along the way. It's one of the things that we don't like. How many know we live in a generation today that we don't like a lot of sacrifice? We want it easy. We want it quick. We want it fast and in a hurry. But we got to understand that God is working in our lives and he's working in our lives because there is an overreaching goal, and that, has, and that involves the transformation of not only you, but a generation of people who do not know him. I want to read a particular verse to you that I think is very, very significant as we progress in this message. And this is Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 13 to 16. Now, this particular verse communicates to us the kind of mindset that we ought to have as believers. I want to say that again. This particular passage, it kind of represents the mindset that we ought to have as Christians. Now, here's what this verse says. This is Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 13 down to verse number 16. It's talking about the saints of old. 
It says, now all these died in faith, not having received the promises, talking about the saints of old, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers, watch this, and pilgrims. Strangers and pilgrims. Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And what homeland was they seeking? And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But that wasn't the case. But they, now, they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them, he prepared a city for them. Now, I want you to understand this concept of a pilgrim and a stranger mentality as the scripture has it here this morning. See, the, the word pilgrim simply means it's a person that is passing through. That's the idea. Strangers and pilgrims, you know, it, it's, the, it's the idea that I don't expect to, to stay in one place. I, 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 how many know that when you're walking with God, you got to be flexible? You got to be flexible. You see, they, they had a mentality. They confessed. They said, we're strangers and pilgrims. In other words, earth really is not our home. That's essentially what they was getting at here. See, put it to you this way. See, when, when I go on vacation, I mean like vacation. I, I talked about a vacation last, last week. But, but one of the things I also do on vacation, I've been doing a lot of talking about my vacation. So, but one of the things, when I, take, when I go on a vacation, that now, my wife and I, you know, my wife is a little bit different than me. So typically what she likes to do is once she gets to whatever the destination is, because typically whenever we go on a vacation, we're going to stay somewhere between three, four, and five days. So my wife, as soon as she gets to the hotel or to wherever it is we're staying, to the resort, whatever, and she opens the suitcase and she takes all the clothes out. And she wanted to hang up everything. She emptied the suitcase. She put everything. And she wanted as kind of lived in as possible. Now, I, on the other hand, I like to live out of my suitcase when I'm on vacation. So my wife's like, why don't, you put, why don't you put, I'm like, no, I'm good. I want everything in my suitcase because I don't want to leave nothing here. I want to make sure. So I go, I, if I got everything right here in my suitcase, I'm good. You know why? Because I don't plan on staying here. So when I go on vacation, there's a reason why. Come on, y'all, you still with me? Say amen. There's a reason why that you don't set up, but listen, that you don't bring all your money there with you. That you don't set up a bank account right there, right? There's a reason because you, you're thinking this, I'm not going to be here long. I'm just, listen. And so, so when it's time to go, yeah, you might have a little bit of regret because you had a good time. But, but it's easy for you to leave. Why? Because you go into it with a pilgrim mentality. Am I right about it? Everybody, because they're straight, they don't know you and you don't know them. And so you expect that I'm going to be here for a short for a temporary time, and boy, I'm going to be out of here. That's just the way that we, we look at it. You see, I want you to understand something. God wants us to think in that fashion. Because how many know that eternity is forever? Heaven is forever. All that God is doing in your life now is preparing you for there. So you understand that. So watch this. So when you have a pilgrim and a stranger mentality... Watch this. It's much easier to move when God say what? It's much easier. You know why it's much easier? Because I'm not settling here. 
See, one of the most exciting things about God, some of you like, some of you here like roller coasters. I think a couple of crazy folks back there like Edwin and they like them, you know. And I, I, you know. You know, I don't like roller coasters. I just, I don't think my heart is designed for that kind of pressure. But, 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 but listen, but, but, but there's something about the reason why the folks that like it, I heard because I don't do them. I heard because it's exciting. Man, it's, it's, I mean, just, just, you know, get, get to take that, you don't know where that next turn is going to come. You don't know where that next dip is going to, and when, and I see them sometimes, you see them, you see them throw their hands up in the air. I just don't get it, man. It's like, whoa, they screaming at you. Because it's the thrill of the journey of riding on the road. You know, it's exciting. I mean, know that when you're walking with God, come on church, there's a thrill because you don't really know what's going to happen next. You don't know what God, but you know this. You know that whatever God has for you is going to be better than what you have now. You know that he, how many believe that? How many believe that what God, listen, God is a good God. Say that with me. God is a good God. So I know in my knower that when God tells me something, he wants me to do something, I know it's for my benefit. I know it in my knower. So when God says move, how many church, I got to be ready to move. In other words, I got to be ready to make a change. Oh, come on, church. And in order to make a change, that means our affections have to be with God. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verses 1 to 3, if then you were raised with Christ, he's talking to believers, and we're going to get here to Abraham here in a second. Seek those things which are what? Above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Watch this. Set your mind or your affections, here it is, on things where? Above. And not beneath. For watch this. For you died, every Christian, everyone who comes to Christ, you died to yourself. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. How many would say that you're glad that you made that transformation? Amen. You're happy about it this morning. So he's telling us, he's saying, look, set your affections, your love for things above and not on things of earth. Why? Because things on the earth are temporary. Everything that you see around you today is not going to last forever. That's the harsh reality. So he says that he wants our affection above. Why? Because, see, when my affection is above, how many know that I'm not, I don't get too comfortable here? In other words, because my affection is on heaven you know, it's much more easier for me to move in a direction that God wants me to move because I'm being governed by my love and affection for him. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17. Look at this verse. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. There it is. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here it is, the lust of the flesh. Am I right about it? The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. He said, all this is not, he said, this is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, here it is, is what? Passing away. Some of you treat your politics like, <laughs> come on, church. You act like there's going to be some Democrats in your public. The world is passing what? That's why people are tripping. That's why people are lost. They don't understand this. 
How many know that the problems that we have in our nation today, listen, man cannot and will not fix them. It's only going to have to be fixed by the power of God. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? I believe that with all my heart. So he said, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. And here's the key right here. See, see, how many know that some people live their Christian lives or some people just live their lives in general based on their their accumulation and their security in things? How many know that things will hold you down if if you love them too much? You know, some people, man, you know, I was talking to a dear friend of mine. And, um, and, and, and he was telling me, y'all, y'all know who, who they are. It, it, I'll just tell you, they're the Perkin family. So, um, you know, and we've been serving in ministry together for so many, 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 many years. And, um, and, and God has really blessed them in these last probably seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, and they uh, are doing really, really well. They, they are thriving in their church, man. Everything is going well. They're in leadership there. The church is booming. The people are just an amazing people. It's a great atmosphere. I mean, it's a, I mean they got everything you, you can think, and they bought this huge, big, massive, beautiful house. It is like a dream house. You, walk, you drive up to it. Now, they've been in there for about three years. And he said to me, he just said to me about maybe four or five months ago, he says, uh, God just called us. To move and pack up and move south to start a ministry. Now, from a worldly standpoint, from a non-Christian standpoint, people look at that and say, "Brother, you got security. You got this. This is this is what you dream for. This is everything. I mean, who? Why are you leaving that? Let me know that if it were just all about things, they wouldn't even think about relocating. See." Love not the things of the world. See, if you want to have fun in life, if you really want to live life to the fullest as a believer and a Christian, you got to listen. You got to live a little bit on the wild side. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to be willing that, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? God, whatever you want to do in my life, use me. Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> it's fun. But understand something, church, that when, if God's going to call us something, call us to do something, how do you know that we can't be tied down based on, we can't let things keep us from what we believe God is trying to do in our lives? See, you see, because, because everybody else that you know of, they live their life, they make decisions on life based on their financial situation and where they can, where they can you know, make the most money and it's all about that. But how do you know we live according to purpose? God, what are you saying to me? God, because we've learned that God's way is the what? Best way. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So material things, if you're not careful, it'll hold you down. Because you grew up and you got this picture as a kid. This is all I want. I had in my mind a picture of what I thought success would be. How many of you know I'm talking about this morning? I want to ask you a question. Did that include God? Follow me. So let's bring this to our point here in Abraham. So Abraham um, was, a, was a rich man. He was doing really, really well. Life was going good for him, Brother Edwin. No issues. Thriving. He got money. He's comfortable. Everybody say comfortable. comfortable. And all of a sudden, God shows up and says in verse number 12, he says, I want you to get out from your country and from your family. And from your father's house. 
and I want you to go to a land, watch this, and I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute now. This is, this is crazy, right? So, so God's going to come to Abraham and say, Abraham, I want you to get I want you to leave everything that you're comfortable with, and I, I'm going to show you, I'm going to take you to a land, I'll t- I'm not, I'm not even going to tell you what it is, I'm not going to tell you where, what, what, where it is, I'm, I'm going to show you as you what? Go. See that roller coaster thing, right? <laughs> what God are you doing? And, 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 you know, I'm just saying there's a reason why Abraham is called the father of our faith, right? <laughs> because he illustrated. I mean, I mean, because how many of you would have been so quick to jump on that deal? I see David was shaking his head like, no way. To get out. God spoke. Say, Abraham, I want you to leave from everything that you're comfortable with. I want you to change your address. I want you to move. I want you to change. I want you to stop doing what you've been doing. I want you to do it a whole nother way. I want you to change because how many know that when you obey God, when God says change, he'll bless you for it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? So, so Abraham, if you want what I'm going to do with you, Abraham, if you want this, Abraham, you got to be willing to get up and go. And, And guess, and guess what? I need you to get up and go now. How you know that when God speaks, ain't but one way to respond? Everybody say now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way to do it. See? See, Abraham, and the Bible says that, that Abraham in Hebrews eleven eight, talking about this same passage. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. See, this is the scary part, right? When God asks us to do something and, you know, he don't uh, tell us all the details. How many of you have ever been in a situation, right? You may not know how all the details in terms of what you need to do, but you know in your present situation, you know, I got to change. Come on. You may not know everything that you need to know. But you know in your knower that it can't stay like this. I got to what? Change. I know I got to change. See, 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 Abraham, he knew that God was asking him to change. He didn't know what it all. Listen, he didn't know where he was going. He just went because essentially, church, change is really about trusting God. See, the reason why people don't want to change and live for God is because and sometimes they're scared. Sometimes we're scared. What are we scared of? I mean, I like where I am. I'm kind of comfortable. Right? Just leave me alone. I'm all right. I'm good. I don't want to get in all that. But how many knows this church, in order to get God's best, you got to step out. Because, see, one of the things that the devil do is the devil hoodwink us into thinking that, that man, man, you, you know, you don't need to do it. You're going to miss something. But how many know the devil is a liar? The reason why many of us are sitting in this room right now and we got right with God because we realize the devil been playing tricks on us. <laughs> and, and so we realize that there's a much better way and you're sitting here today and you realize that God has blessed you. Has anybody in this room been blessed by God? Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. You know it and you'll know it. He's blessed you. He went not knowing where he was going. He was trusting God. How I many know, church, that we got to trust God? See, I want you to get this into your spirit. 
When God wants you to change, whether he wants you to move, whether he wants you to move in your attitude, in your personality, whether he wants you to move physically, whether he wants your church structure to change. How many know church? It's all about trusting him. It's really what it's all about, doesn't it? It's, It's all about do you trust God enough? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust and believe that God has something better for you and I? But in order for us to get what God has, we got to move. We can't stay where we are. We got to move. Y'all understand what I'm saying this morning, church? There are some folks who are stagnant because they won't move. How many know God won't force you to do anything? And he'll just ride. Listen, the blessing will come and you'll just miss it. And God, how many know God's a gentleman? He's not going to force you to do anything. But he's going to present it to you. And the choice is, do you want to take the bait? Are you going to bite? How many know it takes faith to obey? The Bible says in verse number eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed. He just believed God. Hebrews 7, by faith. This is Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah was divinely warned of things not yet seen, Moved with godly fear. He moved with godly fear. And how many know he he built that ark? He moved with godly fear. In other words, he believed God. And in order for Abraham to get this blessing, church, he had to step out. He couldn't stay where he was. He had to believe. He had to know that God was going to be with them. You see, and here's, here's another part of this I really, really like. In verse number three, the Bible says, look at this. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. It's almost like God is making a deal with him, right? God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out from your country, from your family, from your father's house. I want you to go to a strange place. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. You know, that's just another way of saying that no matter what you're going through or what you're dealing with, how many know the Bible says God says he will never leave you nor forsake you? You know, that's what, I mean, no matter what it is that we've gone through, and listen, that we've been through and what we're going to go through in this year, how many know that God said he will never leave us nor forsake us? When he said, hey, I'm going to bless those who blessed you and I'm going to curse. He was saying, hey, I got your back. How do you believe God got your back? Amen. He's saying, listen, if you're willing to do what I tell you to do, I'm going to make sure. First of all, if I give you a command, if I tell you to do something, know that I'm going to be with you to perform my word. Because how many know God is faithful? He's not a man that he will lie. And so he's saying, listen, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. In other words, I got your back. I'm going to make sure that, that, that whatever change that you're experiencing, whatever it is that you're going through, that God, how many know God's going to be with Foundation Church? Amen. Are y'all here? He's going, no matter what we're going through, no matter what change we go through, how many know he will never leave us nor forsake us because he's not a man that he should lie? Amen. And one of the things that keeps me going is knowing that God is with me. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? Man, that, that keeps me, what keeps me going, I get up every single day and I believe in my heart that God has, will never leave me nor forsake me. No, listen, even when I act stupid, does anybody here ever act stupid? Come on. Even when you blow it, does anybody here ever, I know that he's faithful. People will jack you up every time. People will turn their back on you every time. But God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's faithful to perform his will and his word. 
See, when God asks us to change, watch this. Listen to this now. So when God asks us to change, it's for our benefit. But our change isn't just for our benefit. Does that make sense to you? Let me say that again. So when God asks us to change, it is for our benefit, but it's not just for our benefit. He said to Abraham, he says, watch this. He says, he says here in, in, in verse number two, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. How many know that's a good deal? See, God was offering Abraham worldwide influence. See, Abraham, you can stay here in this little, stay with your family with your own little stuff, or I can make you great. I'll give you a name that will spread all over the earth. How many know that Abraham been dead for thousands of years? But how many know we're still talking about Abraham today? God made his name great. And then watch it. You know what else he says? He said, and you shall be a blessing. So first of all, we already know that God's desire is always to bless us. Right? God is a good God. We said that earlier. His, his desire is to bless us. Well, watch this. But it's not only just that. A lot of times, God wants to change. He wants to change us. Why? Because he wants to make us a blessing. But how many know that change begins with you? It, be, it begins with us willing to say, okay, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? Because anything that God wants to do in your life is, listen, it's going to bless you, but God wants that blessing to boomerang off of you to what? To somebody else. See, everything God does, watch this, he wants he want this, this, this effect that somebody else get blessed every time they come into contact with you. I'm going to make you a blessing. How many know that good living is not only that you're blessed, but you have the capacity to be a blessing to somebody else? Amen. Amen. You, you, ever see, you, you know, how many of you have experienced that? When, you, when, you, when you've really been able to touch somebody else's life in some, some way and you see how they've changed, how their life has been impacted because of you, doesn't that do something inside of you? Doesn't that make you excited? Man, you know, it's like something about that that, 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 that gives life so much more meaning when you don't just live life all about yourself. Amen. Man, it's something about life when you're able to be a blessing to somebody else and you see that how you help somebody who was strung out on drugs, somebody who was down and out, some prostitute who came off of the street, somebody who got right with God who was on a suicide mission, but you came right at the right time and you were a blessing and you helped them. I mean, church, that'll change you forever. When you live like that, God says, not only I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make you a blessing, Abraham. Good living is not just you receiving a blessing. It's God making you a blessing. So the Bible says that Abraham departed, verse 4, as the Lord has spoken to him. And Lot with him, and Abraham, and Abraham was, get this church, he was 75 years old. You know, uh, how many know that as long as there's breath in your body, God will use you? There's no age limit with God. Well, you know, listen, I'm telling you right now, if you got faith, you can make a difference. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. If you got faith, Abraham jumped up. When he believed he heard God, he obeyed. God is, gonna, God is speaking to many of us in this room today. And the question would be, you're hearing the voice of God. You're hearing it in your heart, in your spirit. The question would be, are you going to obey and do what God says? How many know the Bible says that fear causes torment? And I'll talk about fear next week. 
But one of the things that the devil uses to keep us from getting to the blessing of God is fear. Fear of the unknown. Man, if I do this, man, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to end it? The devil wants to keep us in bondage. But we got to step out in faith and believe God. Abraham, and I want to say this, he he sought God. His heart was there with God. And I believe that through prayer and seeking God, we can develop a conviction to move and to change. I say in 2019, if you want things to be different, you got to change. Amen. It don't just happen by osmosis. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? We're going to be different as a church in 2019. We believe God's saying to us, we got to change. And we're moving toward change. Why? Because we want to be fruitful, and we want to truly make a difference. So I want to encourage you this morning to not only say that this is going to be a great year, but the question is, what are you willing to do? What are we willing to do? How are we willing to change to make it the kind of year that God wanted to be? Are we going to be obedient to God? Because that's where it starts, right there. Just saying, Lord, I will obey you. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning.